Today's guest is Elena McKendry, a local artist best known for her scratch boards and spirituality. We will be covering topics like trust, forgiveness, and healing, and the obstacles that they bring, as well as learning new tools to apply and carry with you forward. Thanks for tuning in. You mean the world to me, but trying isn't worth it anymore. I appreciate everything you've done for me, but I'm done. This message was sent from a closest friend. The rampage of calls and texts she received reached numbers into the hundreds by the time my mom pulled into her driveway at 2.34 a.m. I hopped her driveway's gate, reaching the porch, I knocked on the door. Not long after her mother answered and questioned me, my friend appeared behind her with no explanation for why she hadn't answered her phone. She slept over the next night, and after taking her home, I realized I was missing clothing and cash that would never be returned to me. The friendship was over, or so I had thought. Her mother sent me a text. Anna has been in a horrible car accident. She has fractures of the skull, bruised ribs, lacerations, and internal bleeding. I ask that you help me spread the word. The only chance she has right now is prayers, and I need you to contact her friends. Forgiving her, I made the post. I received information and updated supporters roughly every two hours. This continued for three days before I got the first text from my friend. Why are you telling everyone I'm in the hospital? I made innumerable attempts to get a hold of the one relaying the updates, but to no avail. I needed an explanation to give the hundreds of people following my updates. It didn't come until after. It was my friend who had downloaded a texting app so she could pull off the perfect, would you care if I died scenario. Okay, how old were you through the time of these events? I was 17 at the time. Do you wish that you had responded differently to the situation? And if so, how would you react now? Looking back, there was no way to know what was truly going on. So I can say that I'm proud of myself for stepping up after everything she had previously done. But I do wish I would have gotten her some help after everything was over. Yeah. I realize now how much she must have been hurting to do that to such a close friend that was, you know, trying to help her. Right. Um, I can't say I don't, I blame myself for not getting involved a third time. Yeah. Um, Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. But fool me a third time and shame on both of us so yeah that's a really great quote and how did this series of events affect your mental health I can't say I was in good health mentally at that point in my life anyways it had me questioning my worth and how disposable I was I felt used worthless stupid betrayed I couldn't and still can't understand how somebody could do something like that it's given me insight sometimes that you can't understand because you've never been in that situation either physically or mentally and how did these effects apply to your future reactions and relationships it closed me off from forming good relationships with females for quite some time i had close friends but i often waited for the blow i never fully trusted them there were previous situations that added to the distrust so she wasn't fully to blame but she was definitely a breaking point It wasn't until the past two years that I actually gave credit that it was an issue and I actually began working on it. Today I look at women and see their strength and how we need to pull together. I see how how important it is for us to work together and support one another. I'm at the point now where I cherish my female friendships and look forward to making more. Were there any means of assistance to you or the other friend involved, acknowledged by or offered by a friend, faculty member, or adult? For her, there were many. Um, Her family tried most of the options they could come up with. They're pretty desperate at that point. 
they had her stay in mental health facilities, enrolled her in therapy, discouraged bad friends, encouraged good ones. They personally tried to be there for her with disciplines and love and care and anything they had to offer. Faculty also reached out, but without any success, and the same with friends. It seemed to backfire on anyone who got too close. She was offered a lot of different kinds of help. She just really wasn't accepting of any of them. And for me, I remember the day of being watched fairly close, as in they wanted to be there for me, you know, in case I needed anything. But after that, I don't really remember asking if anybody asked me if I was okay. Nobody really took it as it being a serious issue or something to not, pay much attention to. Yeah, not on my side. Right. On their side, they were concerned, but on my side, they just, that sucks, but it was over overlooked. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess they just thought I was mentally stable compared to what my was? friend that, you know. Right. <laughs> no, that makes sense, definitely. I remember the next day, it felt like no one remembered what happened. <laughs> and I mean, I didn't want the world to stop, but I thought it should just be a little bit different. But yeah, the calm after the storm is always kind of eerie. <laughs> right. If so, what were they and did you pursue them? If not, what mechanisms were used for coping and healing? And did you find healing? When people ask me if I was okay, it's kind of hard to answer no. It just feels really dramatic. I wasn't okay right. and I should have made more of an effort myself to make that clear. I coped myself by writing in a journal. And right now, after sharing my story, I've realized I'm not as healed as I thought I was. <laughs> the but pain still beautiful. stings and I still feel the weight and I will do what I should have done there. I'll talk about it. I'll meditate over it and eventually I'll move past it. Right. Yeah, I think that's an important note to make is that Sometimes, which I feel like is also a part of the stigma behind mental health that I feel like we're all trying to kind of come together to break, is that it sometimes things aren't just healed immediately. You know, you don't just go see a therapist and then boom, they're going to heal you or you're healed. So what would have been helpful to you at the time that was not offered or done pertaining solutions and healing? I needed myself and other people to realize I wasn't okay and to sit me down and actually talk and realize what had happened. I would have liked to have an apology, but she seemed to have no remorse. Um, I needed to meditate over the situation, but I wasn't aware how beneficial the practice was or how much truth and healing it can bring. Apologies are... That's a tough, that's a, that's a whole world in itself. The whole like apology and forgiveness and <laughs> all of that is a, that's a tough thing. So we'll kind of touch on that then in this next question. Okay. <laughs> um, what were productive methods of healing for you and how did you find forgiveness, you know, even towards an enemy, quote unquote? I found healing through distraction, which I'm realizing in retrospect isn't a good form of coping, but that's what I did. I can't say I ever really gave forgiveness. I'm now realizing I have yet to fully heal, and I think the two have a lot to do with each other. She attempted to apologize a couple years after the event, but I wasn't ready to hear it at the time. I regret not letting her speak, but I was still really hurt. That was the first time I had heard from her since everything had happened and it caught me off guard. I also regret not seeing 
how much she truly needed help at that time. How have you found kind of comfort, though, with that not being something that has happened or will happen? You know, you know, it's most likely not ever. I just gave other girls a chance. I actually started just befriending people that were more like I was, that were in the same interests and had the same energy and fit me better. And so by giving them a chance, it just showed me the friendships that I could actually have and how much I was missing out on by warding off all of these female friendships. Right. <laughs> like, after I had it, I was like, I am missing out on so much. Like, I need this. Yeah. What was the lesson that you feel like you learned from that? Mostly that... that you took away from that. Yeah. I guess probably the biggest thing is their actions, whatever they do to you, it says a lot more about them than it does about you. Because I took about a lot what she did and felt it towards myself when really I should have realized that those were her personality traits, not mine. Right. It's not a reflection of yourself. It's a reflection of them. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's really important to remember. Because that's, I think that's where so much of the pain can come from, is from... Yeah, taking it on yourself and thinking, what did I do? What did, what could I have done more? What, you yeah. know, and you get so stuck on these whole, like, what is, what it, yeah. <laughs> and you, and it's like, this was not even something that was about you to start with, it, you know, because every time we can't understand, right? Every time I look back, there's nothing I could have done differently, right? I wouldn't be the same you person I could. am if I questioned if she was actually okay, or and that's just not my personality type to question something like that it's more to help right yeah and it's hard bouncing back from that to then go in the future of not reflecting that yeah onto your other right friendships and relationships and staying closed off and not trying to read too quick into people and take things too quickly right because I'm even guilty of that completely so you know with especially with moving so much and like having to learn to assess people so quickly because you got to make friends really quickly Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like once you, you have, have a traumatic to, effect like exactly. that, it shines on everybody. Right. As you, you have to find that balance between still still staying strong and... It might uh, just be because of that situation. Being soft and but, being strong. Right. Yeah. So what is your advice for others who are going through the same or similar situations? To make your peace with the situation. Not to just cover it up and distract yourself. If it's hard, you're going to grow through it. I now realize that actions of others say more about them than it does about me. Like I said, I thought negatively about myself due to her actions when really she just needed help. And it's important to take a step back and realize how much pain the other person might be feeling and what's causing the outburst of betrayal. It doesn't make everything okay, but it helps. Right. I think that's also such a interesting topic. How do you go about then helping somebody are offering assistance because sometimes people that are acting that way family is like not the best option always to reach out to to ask to help them right what is something that you would maybe recommend then as to like healthy means of reaching out for if somebody knows somebody has a friend you know the same type of situation if somebody has someone like that and they they need to get them help, but they don't know the appropriate way how. I don't think that she was ever given the appropriate help, really. But I don't think that yeah. anybody really 
I can't say anybody because there are people who find help. Try to get them to seek help for themselves. I mean, as hard as that is for that person, unless they want to get help, they won't receive it. Throw as much help at them as you want, but unless they're accepting of it, it's going to bounce right back off. Right. Because she had many times had been offered help, but nothing was accepted and so nothing helped and I mean I'm not saying all the options that she were given were correct or right for her but maybe if she would have given them more of a chance they might have done a little bit more for her yeah it's really I think about accepting the help that you need which is really hard but maybe if we can destigmatize getting help right then we can help the problem exactly we're just trying to break that of yeah, if you need help, then it's it's not embarrassing, you know, to go get help. It's not embarrassing to yeah, ask others or to tell people you're going through a rough time or and if those if the people around you are not people who are you feel super sensitive to yeah. it, yeah, or you feel safe with openly, yeah, sharing those things, then that means that then you should Right. You need to go find those people that will be there for you. Because they are out there. Those they people are. are out there. You know? And high school just makes the world feel so small. It does. It's much bigger. I mean, we've even talked so many times about how many times we have either walked in or out of class crying, clearly having some kind of anxiety attack, obviously depressed. Like, things that were very obvious signs. And then the teacher is more viewing it as just an issue that we're wasting their time. Yeah. Than actually being attentive to... We're trying to prepare these kids to go out and become us one day. Right. I mean, we need to prepare them. I don't know if this is... We need to... And most of us... To a counselor yeah. instead of detention. Like, we need to start doing these other things. Right. Go send them to an art class. Find a way to... Right. Use their sadness. To like, channel yeah. that appropriately. Right. Exactly. Rather than just punishing. Because then we're taught to then hide the feelings and suppress them, and then it turns into this vicious right. cycle. Because they're not bad. We need all of these feelings. Like, they all need to be felt. They all have their... Exactly. Yeah. Even anger and frustration. Right. We need and... them all. <laughs> right. But we just need to know how to channel them and what to do with it. Right. Because I don't ever so, remember really talking about strong emotions in high school. Never. We never had any kind of anything that about any of that. That needs to be a course. Yeah. Completely. That's a wrap on this episode of Life's a Bitch. I'm Phoebe Rain. See you next time. You can find me on Instagram at... Elena McKendry, E-L-A-I-N-A-M-C-E-N-D-R-E-E, or Ardency Artistry, or re underscore underscore stitched. My website is emckendry.wixsite.com slash Ardency Artistry. And I'm also on Facebook under the same Instagram platforms.